Welcome to The Emily Osmond Show. I'm your host, Emily Osmond, an online marketing educator, leader of an incredible global community of female entrepreneurs and a content creator based in Melbourne, Australia. This show is designed to bring you practical strategies and candid real stories of entrepreneurs to help you make marketing, mindset and money your superpowers. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to the podcast for 2021. Ah, oh, it is good to be back. I've kind of been procrastinating doing this episode though. This is my 2020 year and in review and it's a little like just ripping the band-aid off. There's oh my gosh, like there's so much that happened in the world in 2020 and of course in life and business and I know I'm going to miss some things but also it it is a little bit vulnerable putting it out there but you know what I've got a few dot points and I'm just gonna do it so in this episode I'm going to be taking you through really what my business looked like during 2020 what I invested in what I found challenging what changed, what stayed the same, and also touch on the personal side of things. What was going on in my life in 2020? Because there were some pretty major things that happened there too. So strap in, buckle up, grab yourself a drink or keep on walking or driving and let's do this. My 2020 year in review. Okay, so I started out going into the year, I didn't really have a whole heap of different goals. Basically, my revenue goal for the year was to get to $300,000 in turnover and $200,000 in profit for the year. And I'll touch on how I went with that towards the end of this episode. I also knew, and it's always been for me, the approach to business is that I don't want to be working all the time. And so it was really, if I think about it, what I wanted to achieve was earning that revenue, which was higher than the previous year, without really working any more hours. I wanted to keep my business feeling not very stressful, feeling simple. And really the way I see it is having that lifestyle business, the business that I love that fulfills me, that challenges me, that I feel is like really actually doing something in the world, making a difference to other people. That's really, really important to me. Creating a movement as well, but also that doesn't consume all of my hours either. And that allows me the flexibility, the freedom, the ability to work really the hours I want as much as I want or as little as I want most of the time. Obviously, there's times when there's things that need to be done and you just got to get them done like this episode. But that's always what's been pretty important to me. And then in my personal life, in terms of my goals for that, it looked like just staying healthy, really like maintaining my health, maintaining my fitness, maintaining my mental health as well, which is something that I can touch on in this episode a little bit too. And with Coden, just really us like having fun together and really maintaining that. So there weren't really any massive things that I wanted to change in my life. I wanted to continue growing the business. I wanted to do it in a way that felt just right to me as well. So that was kind of my goal going in. 
So what did it actually look like? What were some of the key things that happened in my business in 2020? Well, first of all, I created and launched and worked with students in a second program. So I have had, uh, when did I launch it? Uh, just after mid-year in 2018, I launched the Modern Marketing Collective. And that is the program that I continue to run today that I'm obsessed with. I love running it. I absolutely adore the women that I work with in the Modern Marketing Collective. And so 2020 was kind of my second year of running that program. And the way it works is that it's not really kind of a start and stop program. So it's a membership style program. So we have beautiful women that have been in there since day one. So it's not kind of like an eight week thing that starts and stops or anything like that. That's something that I'm always running, really always doing. And that was, of course, like going to be a really key focus for me in 2020. And it was as well. And I'll speak about what changed, what stayed the same in that program. But in terms of one of the big changes and big new things in my business in 2020 was with the Modern Marketing Collective, that's one program, and then I created and launched my second program. So that came out really from my students and their need, their desire to actually learn how to create their own online program. So the Modern Marketing Collective is really where I teach people how to create a simple marketing system for their business. And in fact, oh gosh, I feel like I'm going to keep jumping all over the place in this episode because everything's just so intertwined. But one of the big changes this year was restructuring a little bit in terms of what the Modern Marketing Collective is and what we really focus on there and how I position that. So I'll talk about that a little bit later, but that's what the Modern Marketing Collective is. Then in Scalable, which is the second program that I then launched. So this came from my students in the Modern Marketing Collective that were saying to me, hey, Emily, I'd love to learn how you created this program, like how you go about actually doing that, how you make all the technology work, how you go ahead and launch it, how you get it out there, how you attract students, how you price it, how you grow it. And you can probably tell that I'm kind of obsessed with with this kind of business model, this type of uh, working with people as well. And so it was just kind of a no brainer for me towards the end of 2019. I was having conversations with my students. I was reaching out to them, giving them some overviews, I guess a bit of a framework as to, hey, this is what I'm looking at covering. Does this interest you? Uh, I think it was Jan 2020 that I started getting on the phone with some students and just kind of going through, okay, tell me about what you what you want to create. What are you struggling with? What doesn't make sense to you right now? What would you love to get out of this program? And so I think it must have been right at the end of January or this and the start of Feb. I think it was that first week in Feb that I opened the doors to Scalable and we enrolled our first few students in that program. And then I really created it like alongside my students being in the program, understanding, okay, oh, that's interesting. I thought that was obvious, but obviously it's just not. It's just because I know it. And seeing what areas the students were 
finding that they needed more information on or more support on or things that they didn't. So it's such a good way to roll out a program because you actually learn from your students while they are doing it. So went ahead and rolled that one out. And so that was a big, just a new addition really to my business in 2020 was having that second program. And I rolled it out. I then used the business model that I love to use and that I use in my business, which is really having your programs on Evergreen and went ahead and did that and have been welcoming uh, incredible students throughout the year and did a small promotion for it as well. Uh, When was that? I think it was around November. I think I did a couple throughout the year, just a few small promotions um, to people that were interested. So had some more students join in Scalable. And it's really the program when I'm looking at doing a promotion for my business or I've got to set up like a funnel again. I go into my program scalable and just follow what I've got in there. So it's kind of my uh, little, I guess, like go to as well for creating online programs, funnels, that type of thing. Okay, so that was one of the things that I did in 2020. And it was really cool, like taking all that knowledge, all that experience that I've built up and continued to build up as well, because I'm often adding in new things. I'm doing coaching calls each month in Scalable, um, answering people's questions and sharing really like what I'm learning uh, by running my online programs too. Okay, so that was one of the big shifts. Something else that was new was also working with an amazing designer, shout out Emma, Emma Troy. And that was uh, around, I think I reached out to her. She had a wait list and I'm like, oh, damn. Okay, but I really want to work with you. So I'm getting on the wait list. So definitely if you don't have wait lists, go ahead and do it because it's such a good way for someone to be able to kind of pop their name down, get ready to work with you as well. So that was really cool. So I think Emma was ready to work with me maybe around August or so. So we got together, we started mapping out, okay, what does my brand stand for? What do I want it to look like? And we ended up refreshing my Emily Osmond brand. So new logo, new colors, some fonts, and just really the way that it aesthetically looks. Uh, And then the really core project that I worked with M on was my website. So I've been in business. I had my first iteration of my business, which was called Good Media. And that started in 2015. And then I launched, I, I moved to being my business name, Emily Osmond. I think that must have been 2018. And then I've always done my own website and Having said that, I've designed websites for clients and that type of thing. So let's not say it was ever terrible, but I'm like, right, let's take this up a level and actually bring on someone else that I can work with and they will design the website for me. Now, Emma also works on a website platform called Show It, and I've been aware of this platform for several years and just really, really like the aesthetic of it and what you can do. And I thought, right, having the vision for my business, where I want it to go, for me, having a world-class website was something that was important to me. And that's what I believed Emma could create. And that's what I believe she has created as, uh, as well, which was so amazing. So anyway, I invested in having the website redone, my brand refresh, and then Emma also worked with me on rebranding my podcast, rebranding the Modern Marketing Collective logo, creating uh, GIFs as well. So if you go onto Instagram and actually go into the GIF section and search my name, then you'll find these fun little animations that come up that you can use as well. So we work together on a lot of different things, collateral. See, I'm already forgetting things. So that was throughout, it must've been August, September, October. 
uh, was quite a big project. So that was something else I wanted to touch on that was new as well. Okay, what else? So I held an in-person workshop in January and events was something so ironic, hey? I know a lot of us were like, right, 2020, I want to put on all these events. So I ran that workshop and that was, I loved doing that. That was really, really cool. I had a retreat booked in for October, 2020. And I started selling tickets and then it kind of became clear that that probably wasn't going to be going ahead. So I ended up postponing that, refunded any ticket sales and just said, look, I'm going to try again for 2021. And I've actually just uh, booked in the venue to go again. (laughs) Fingers crossed it all happens last weekend in April, first weekend in May this year, 2021, to finally run that retreat, which I'm so excited about. I also wanted to run a summit. I put a uh, deposit down on a venue to run a summit, bring my students together. And of course that couldn't happen either. So that was kind of a, a downside, but it happened to everyone. It was very, very difficult to bring people together in, in person as well. So what else happened in the business? So during Jan uh, through to June, like business was cracking along pretty well. In Feb, I attended a retreat. So I went to one as a, as a guest, as an attendee. That was a big investment. So that was around, it was $8,000 plus GST, which is an Australian thing if you're overseas. So it's about $9,000 plus another, probably over a thousand for travel and accommodation. Now, the reason I decided to spend that amount of money was because the person whose retreat it was, Denise Duffield-Thomas, is really one of my biggest business inspirations. I'm in her program, I've read her books, and she runs her business in the way that I would like to think I run mine or the way that I aspire to run mine. And what I mean by that is actually, well, really the title of her latest book, Chillpreneur, kind of sums it up, but she has a simple business model. She doesn't have like I don't know, 10 different programs. She's not doing lots and lots of different things. She's got that simplicity and she's got that micro business. So she's got herself, her husband, Mark works in the business. And then she has, uh, I think a few, a couple of assistants and contractors as well. And to me, like I said previously at the start of this episode, like actually understanding the type of business that I want to create and that it is having a business that isn't that complicated. <laughs> That's pretty simple that allows me to chill. So I thought, you know what? She's someone that I look to and think, yep, you are someone that I admire a lot and I would like to get in closer proximity to you understand how you operate, see the way that you think, see the way that you act in, I don't know, in situations and just learn from you. And the thing is, and this is the way that I look at investments as well, is that I thought if I'm going to spend about $9,000 to attend, and this is a two-day retreat, then I think, right, do I believe that I'll be able to make that money back or more from this decision, from this investment? If I put that much money in, Like how likely do I think I am in making that money back? And it doesn't have to be like the next day or the next week, but you know, probably in the next year would be nice. And over time as well. And I felt confident that going to that event, being in that room, by the way, with incredible women, I think there was seven of us all together. And uh, we actually did an end of year catch up on Zoom 
just in uh, December and it was so special. And there was a lady, Wendy from America, people from different countries as well. And it was just so special. Anyway, so I was like, yep, I'm happy to spend that money and be in that space. Now, it was interesting because what came up at that retreat were some things that I didn't realize really at the time, but were themes for me going on for the rest of the year and challenges that I really had to work on. And I have spoken about this a little bit in previous episodes. So we were having conversations, we had hot seat sessions, and I was just chatting about my program and that type of thing. What came up really was around me having boundaries and also my personality type is being a connector. So I really like to know my people, like my students. And I am also an empath. So I, in a way, like feel other people's emotions quite a lot too. And that can be quite like energetically exhausting too and can feel pretty heavy. Anyway, so that's been something just in terms of boundaries, and that can look like all sorts of different things, but having boundaries in the way that I might be accessible to people, whether they're my students or not my students, that type of thing was something that I really had to work on. And also, like in a different way that we look at boundaries, is not taking responsibility for other people as well, and realizing that other people, ultimately, they have to want their results. Like they have to want like what they're going for. I might want it for them, but like they have to want it so much as well. They have to want it for themselves. And I don't know if that's really making sense. I'm trying to figure out how to explain this. Like you can only do so much for your clients or for your students. And you cannot really take on that responsibility in a way in terms of they also have to show up to want it, to be hungry for it, and ultimately put in the work as well. And also if something doesn't go right the first time, to get like back on the horse and try again. So that was quite big for me too, to not take on that burden that I really felt of making sure everyone got like just so, so like a hundred percent of me and a hundred percent of like everything. And that started feeling quite heavy. For instance, I mentioned something at the retreat of like, oh, but uh, this, you know, one of my students emailed me and she was saying like, whatever it was. And Denise was like, hang on, why are your students emailing you? And she's like, don't like, no, that come on, we need to put like some boundaries in place there. So that's when I, gosh, it was quite, instant actually put in place having someone else I think she came on so Jill came on and spoiler alert Jill's my mum and she's absolutely amazing and I've hired her in my business which is pretty cool she is uh yeah she's she's really really good and I might I'm just gonna talk about that a little bit later but anyway so Jill then manages totally one of my inboxes and will check in with me when she doesn't know what to write or she just needs to double check a response with me or anything like that but Coming out of that retreat that I went to pretty much instantly, I had someone else manage one of my support inboxes and that was just such a weight off my shoulders. And looking back, there is no way that I could do what I've done this year if I didn't have that person in place actually taking on like all of that time, but also that brain space and that like the energy 
to support people as well. Kind of having someone else to take on some of that too was absolutely massive for me. So Jill, who I said is my mum, she retired from her, she's a teacher, amazing, worked at a specialist school and towards the end of 2019, I think it was, I really needed some help with just someone helping with some of this admin and customer support. And so she said, you know what, I'd love to help. You know, I actually pay her and her hours have gone up and up and uh yeah it's it's pretty amazing she's super organized (laughs) more I'm an organized person but she's uh yeah very very good at this kind of thing very organized has a great memory so she'll remember if some like a member emails she'll think oh they got in touch like a month ago and was actually saying this like she's just really really great and like I said I just for me to manage like that container of the business in the customer support area and all, and kind of like, it's not just customers, but external emails, a lot of them that come in perhaps for being on the podcast and and all that type of thing. Just having her to take that on and take that off my plate has been really, really massive for me. So yeah, that's been really, really cool. Okay. What else happened? So let's talk about the Modern Marketing Collective. So by the end of June, and interestingly at the retreat, I spoke about boundaries and a few different things. And It was also massively around money mindset, which is what Denise specializes in too. That's kind of what she's built her business around is money mindset. And mine was pretty crappy, Uh, has been in the past, still working on it. We were selling quite a lot of memberships to the Modern Marketing Collective, like multiple memberships a day, welcoming like multiple new students a day, which was absolutely amazing. And I remember at this stage, I'd brought on an ads manager. So that was really the only hire that I made this year. Additionally, in my business was increasing Jill's hours and then bringing on my ads manager, Louise, who's awesome. I remember messaging Louise and I just said to her, like, I feel quite emotional because I feel as though all my hard work is kind of paying off. Like just seeing all these people joining is just like really like it's really blowing me away and I took that in and that was yeah a pretty special moment so it rolled on a couple of months and I just had this growing discomfort and I am a gut operator if something doesn't feel right and I've sat with that for a little while like I know that I need to do something about it and so for me And circling back to speaking about money mindset and that type of thing is that I knew that the price point of my program, it was time for a price rise. And when I'd been at the retreat in February, we had spoken about the price because I was like, what price should I price it at? Can you just tell me? And of course, no one can tell you what to price your program. And the best advice is that they will ask you what feels good to you. And so I, I said what that price was. And by, uh, it was like the 1st of July, I was like, yep, that price, it's time to put that up. Because to me, I didn't, it didn't feel like fun. It didn't feel great anymore selling my program at the previous price. It just didn't felt like kind of the right exchange of money for the value in the program, really. And so I've also said this before on the podcast is that when we price something too high, it can be or like what we think is too high. It can be hard to sell because we're not really selling it with confidence. We're kind of like, 
nervous about it. And I think we always want to price a little bit higher than we're comfortable with. But if you just don't believe that your products or services are worth that amount of money, it can be hard to sell. Now, on the flip side, I also believe that if your price point is like you just feel it's too cheap, which is the place that I'd got to, is that it can also be hard to sell because you just don't really want to sell it because you feel like, oh, it just doesn't feel great. And that's kind of the the place I got to. So I did a price rise promotion at the end of June that went pretty well. And then started July, I put the price up. After that, I then actually made a few changes to the program just in terms of, you might have heard me and you might be familiar with my brand previously being more focused on Instagram than I would say it is now. Instagram, like, it's just such a powerful platform, I believe, for probably most of you listening in just the way that we can build, like, really market our businesses on there, build connections and all that type of thing. And I've kind of gone back and forth in terms of Instagram. It's never been something that, like, I never have really wanted it to be the only thing that I'm about because I really believe in, like, so much more than that, too. But I also know there's so much that you can do with it. And it's also very tangible for people to understand. So that's probably been a challenge that I've had. And this year too, towards, I think it was like September, I was like, you know what? I don't really want to only say the collective is about Instagram because it's not. And once you're in there, you know that too. But that took me to like really figure out, well, what is my messaging around this and how do I communicate this? And it's still something that I'm working on too. And really like the most simple way I can say it is that it's helping you create like this, basically this mini sales funnel and this marketing system in your business to help you understand how to actually speak to the right people so they get what it is that you have to sell and actually want it. And then like where to take them from there, move them through that process as well to wherever those next steps look like and how to actually build that in your business. And so for me, that was something that I kind of worked on. We added quite a lot of new awesome content into the collective as well. I did some updates. So basically re-recorded a lot of things, recorded lots of new things, redid all the branding And so that was all happening in September as well. And then also like changing those prices and figuring out, oh, okay, interesting. Now, what does my funnel look like? How does my funnel need to change? How does that affect ad costs? And I would say those last few months of the year were really like, okay, like things are going well, but I want to ramp this up again. I want to be getting back to that also that quantity of students, of people that like we're welcoming as well and figuring out, okay, what does that look like? How does my funnel need to change and all that type of thing? So it's def- that's definitely been like a thing that I've been exploring, working on, tracking all the data and looking at things like, okay, ad costs, how much is it costing me to acquire a customer now? How can we maybe bring that price down and everything? And right now it's January as I record this and I've come up with um, a pretty fun plan that I'm going to be experimenting with over the months ahead with myself, my ads manager, just as we look at, okay, cool. Like what is the next level of my business? How do I take it to that next level as well? Okay, let's look at the money side of things (laughs) and then we'll look at the personal side of what happened in 2020. So if you're still with me, This is, uh, I'm glad. (laughs) Let's get into the money. 
Okay, so I said that my goal for 2020 at the start of the year, I'm like, you know what? It'd be pretty cool to get to like 300,000 and make 200,000 as my taxable income. So including uh, tax. And I did just shy of that number for the revenue, which was more than, um, so I more than doubled my revenue from 2019. And then like way more than doubled my profit uh, from the business as well, which is interesting. And I'm going to talk to you about profit and where I spent money and kind of my philosophy around that too. So I didn't get to the 200 profit though. So I was a bit, uh, didn't quite hit that one. Okay, so let's look at, now in terms of what I brought money in from, my revenue from my program Uh, almost tripled. So that was like my overall revenue from my program. So bear in mind, now I have the second program as well. And really it's the evolution of moving from, so this was kind of my second year of having the online program and online programs. Now there's two as well in my business. So looking at, and before that, I didn't just launch with online programs. I was running more of a service-based business. And so it was me winding back those sides of things and winding up into the online program. So I also had revenue streams that I didn't do really in 2020. So in 2020, I said no to a contract, which was worth quite a few thousand dollars. But to me, it was like, you know what? I really just want to have that energy to focus on like on my programs. That's what I want to focus on. That's what fulfills me. That's where I can make, I believe, like the biggest impact. And I just want to have that space to be able to do that. But that was saying no to several thousand dollars as well. So that was something I said no to. I also didn't do any branding work. So we used to do some branding work, some website design for clients. So didn't take any of that on in 2020. What else have I got here? I'm looking at my uh, statements. Some strategy kind of things that I was doing, didn't do any of that. A little bit of copywriting, didn't do any of that. So the revenue that came in, it was predominantly from my online programs. I had some work from collaborating with brands, some work from speaking, although I did have some speaking events cancelled, of course, because of COVID. So kind of lost some revenue there. I didn't have the revenue I was hoping for from events because, of course, they were cancelled, the retreat and some other events that I had in the works. I had some affiliate revenue that came in and the speaking work and that type of thing. So... The major expenses, so I about doubled my ad spend. So that went from $30,000 in 2019 to about $60,000 in uh, 2020. So that was by far my, my biggest expense. Now, speaking of, because I am kind of like a, well, to me, <laughs> having the time, the space, freedom means that ads just, I just am like, yeah, let's, let's use ads because they don't take my time. But it's something that I also, we're working on a strategy to help like bring in more money from the amount we're spending on ads because I would like to see that working a bit more. And then also now really looking at, okay, I could probably do a bit more outside of ads too. So working on that one as well. Other big expenses. So contractors and subcon, uh, well, sorry, yeah, contractors really. Um, so that was about $30,000. Oh no, hang on. Yeah. Uh, $35,000 or so. So bear in mind, that's my podcast team. So Jill, 
who's really my support manager, a VA that doesn't work a whole lot for me, but we, she does a little bit of work for me. And then bringing on the Facebook ads manager, which is almost a couple of thousand a month. So brought her on, it wasn't on the whole year, but brought her on too. So they're kind of the main expenses for that. And then what else? Okay, professional development. So that was around $25,000 for the year, which I'm pretty comfortable with. I really see like where I can smartly invest my money to learn. It's going to come back to me if I take action. Now, (laughs) I really think that can be one of the hardest things because it can be scary. And I've definitely like, that's kind of what I'm realizing as well, is that going to the next like level in my business, it's scaring me. Like it's scary to take on more fit. Like I really need someone else to help me. And it's like, oh, does that mean it's just going to be more like managing someone? I don't want to manage someone, but it's something that I need to do if I want to grow. That's probably the biggest one, really. So that's something I've got to do. But also growing, it means more visibility and more people that find you that don't like you, more customers that aren't happy. It's just like the numbers side of thing, the more the, like the more that you are out there. And I haven't really had a lot of that, but I'm wary of it is the bigger kind of your brand grows. There's going to be more people that find you and like you, more people that find you that don't like you and customers You're going to have more amazing customers that are happy and more customers that aren't happy. And that's just part of it. And I think I've got better at that. Like I've said, I'm an empath and I feel things and I can be probably like sensitive in a way and I, and like things can affect me, but I'm working on getting better at that one too. Okay. So, um, subscriptions was about $10,000 or so. So that's just all the software that it takes to run an online business. And that was kind of like the major expenses, uh, in the business there too. So I was, I'm like happy, but I'm not thinking that was like blow away, crazy, amazing. But the thing is, the other thing that I know that I'm totally guilty of, and I bet you are too, is that, things become normal very, very quickly because I remember back in January, I think I must've like started getting about $20,000 months. And I was just like, this is like, this is just ridiculous. This is amazing. And then it just became very normal. And then it became like, let's get more than that. And so I know that like, I think all of us, things can become normal very quickly when we grow. And I think that we can not really recognize and appreciate how far we've come as well. And I say that to you. So recognize like where you started. Cause I know if I was looking back at when I first started my business, uh, like five ish years ago, if you told me I was turning over $300,000 or so and on track to do quite a lot more than that, Like I just wouldn't even that, I don't think that was even really a goal of mine. I just didn't even think that that was something that I would achieve. So that's really cool. Now, a couple of other things that I'm proud of, because let's actually talk about what we're proud of, is having that focus on not overcomplicating my business, actually not really getting triggered by what other people are doing. Just knowing the type of business that I want to run, which doesn't really require having all these different sorts of products and doing a lot of launches or any of that type of thing. 
and just recognizing that, hey, that's awesome that they're doing that. And like, I'm really, really happy for them and like, and for my friends and, but also not being triggered that, oh, that like, you know, that's what you're doing. And I'm like, totally happy for you. And it also doesn't affect me. And probably in the past, I would have thought like, oh crap, like maybe I should be doing that. And I think that's a way that I've developed maybe this year is recognizing and just knowing like what I want and what feels good to me. Okay, I think that's kind of the finances. Let's now just wrap it up with the personal side of things. So 2020, Coden and I, my, well, my, he was my boyfriend. He is my fiance now. So we got engaged two days after Valentine's Day, after I was really annoyed at him for not doing anything for Valentine's Day. And then he proposed. So that was, that was really lovely. We had booked in our wedding for, well, actually tomorrow, as I record this episode. So it was going to be January the 9th, 2021. And, you know, COVID and that type of thing. So we've moved it out a year and we're okay with that. There's a lot worse things happening than us needing to move our wedding. So that's okay. We are building a house and I'll be honest with you, that's been a lot of work this year, like so many hours. So I'm also like trying to just recognize myself and my business and knowing like building a house and us being very involved in the build process And myself also working with different partners because we're filming the build. And so we're doing some really, really cool collaborations. Like that's, that's been work. We demolished like this existing house that was there in April. And since then, yeah, just a lot of work on the house really. And even prior to that COVID. So I live in Melbourne and for those in Melbourne, I know you get it. For those in Australia, you probably get it to a degree as well. Like you've had your really your own experiences too that have been super challenging. And I know in other countries, you're probably like you're going through, I know um, a lot of countries you're going through similar or your own versions of what's been happening here too. But just to give you an idea of Melbourne, we had like, cause it just sounds crazy talking about it now is in Melbourne, we had a five kilometer like radius of where we were allowed to go. We had a, I think it was an hour curfew outside. It may have been two hours. Can you tell that? Yeah. (laughs) One or two hour curfew that you allowed outside per day. And that was really just for exercising. Basically supermarkets were open, but they shut, I think like maybe they were open like 6am to 8pm or something like that. And then cafes were open for takeaway and then pharmacies and medical they like shops were closed. You couldn't eat in at restaurants. You couldn't have people over. I think, yeah, I think there was a stage where, cause we didn't really have anyone over. Um, that's why I'm not entirely sure. I think you couldn't have anyone outside your family over to your house. And then it kind of goes up. You can have one person a day. Um, and as soon as you're outside, you needed to wear a mask as well. So if you're walking, just going on a walk, you needed to wear a mask. So all of these things, the like radius of where you could go, being out, like only being allowed to go outside for that short period of day, wearing a mask if you did go outside and really having nothing to, like nowhere to go or anything to do, like no cinemas, restaurants, anything like that, gyms closed. That was a lot. And I look back and see it really as being just endurance during it. And that's why we're like, humans are amazing. Because when things are happening, we, we like, we're strong and we just get through it and we endure. 
But getting towards the end of the year, like I didn't take a break at all last year in 2020 and get to December. And I I pretty much took most of December, like cruisy, cruisy. I, I was tired. I just was, I was really, really tired. And both Coden and I were like, oh gosh, like we really need a break. And it was funny. He was driving home from work one day. I think it was maybe early December. We knew we only had a couple of weeks left of work really. And he was like, you know, let's just go away for the night and book a hotel. So we checked in at this hotel in the city at 8 p.m. We went out for dinner because it was just near restaurants, got home, had a bath. And the next morning we went up, went for a run, had the like breakfast there. And we actually felt so refreshed just getting away from our little apartment, staying somewhere else, like have oh did I say yeah they have a pool at this place so we went for a swim we had like this mini 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 break and it kind of helped us get through to the end of the year so that was really cool but it was tough and I was definitely tired by the end of the year a couple of other things so my health I would say like was pretty good in 2020 I know for me like looking after my health is really important for my mental health and when I say I know for me I, I guess it's true for everyone really during lockdown I did some online fitness classes. That was really good. But I mostly really just went for walks and sometimes did runs. Conan and I run together a little bit. Nothing crazy, but we do that together. So that's cool. But I'm pretty proud of my health from 2020. I was actually like probably and towards the end of the year when my gym did open back up and I started going again, feeling really, really good and feeling probably the the strongest and just the healthiest from what I was eating Again, like still eating chocolate and things, but just like just feeling good about and knowing my body. And that's been a bit of a journey from me and maybe something for another podcast episode. But if I look back on the year and the personal side of things, I'm pretty happy with the health side of things. Really happy as well with my relationship with Coden. We kind of still had fun and I guess just made the most of the situation we were in. And that was my goal for the year. Just like have fun together, enjoy each other's company. And I'm really, really proud of us for for getting through the year that was. And I would say like just really, really strong, really great team and just hanging out to get married now whenever that could happen. Now, one other thing or two, actually two last things on the personal side of things. So one area I'd like to get better at is I said I didn't really take a break. And I I do find it hard to switch off because I'm sure you're the same. You're kind of obsessed with your work and you love work. But I just know that when I can take a break, it's really good for me. It's really good for my creativity, for my just having that mental clarity. So it's really something that I've got to work on to do that as well. And also just small things that can help me with that is definitely going and exercising. That just helps with having that even just like an hour away from from work and just having space and like like resetting and energizing and also reading, having a book on the go. I've just like mum gave me a book for Christmas. So I'm really into that at the minute. And I've just noticed like it just helps, I think, balances me and stops me thinking about work the whole time. And finally, what I want to say about the personal side of things, but it's also business related, is I just didn't feel guilty for buying food, (laughs) for buying takeaway food, for buying meals. You might resonate with this too. So you are working and I don't even have children. 
would like to, and hopefully soon. But I know a lot of you listening, you are moms as well. And so like, I can't even imagine when you're running your business, you are, you're a mother and you are also potentially the person that does some, all, or most of the cooking as well. And for me, I would rather just like chill out or I would actually write like instead of cooking, if I had the choice, I'd, I'd probably really rather work, to be honest with you, than cook. And so I actually just lost feeling guilty for buying takeaway dinners. And I didn't really go crazy on that, but there were a few weeks where uh, probably more nights than not, or certainly several nights in a row, we ended up getting takeaway. Oh my gosh. And some delicious takeaway Vietnamese. We're pretty lucky with where we live. We're on a main road and there's just an abundance of different options, which is, I know we're super lucky with that, but that was something I'm like, you know what? I don't think that I need to be like working and growing this business and also cooking dinner every night as well. I think that I can also allow myself to rest at night or to, if I'm working and there's stuff I want to work on, then do that and be okay with actually just buying dinner and getting takeaway. So that was kind of a shift for me rather than feeling like guilty about it, guilty about spending the money, guilty about being like, well, I'm the woman I should be cooking. Like, no, screw it, whatever. I'm happy to just get takeaway. And I would really like probably the next investment for me from the personal side of things would be somehow some like having someone cook (laughs) meals that I can like buy from them that they can deliver. I've chatted with a few friends. I know that they're kind of interested. And I just think that would be a really, really cool thing to invest in, to free up my time, to make sure that it's like great, delicious food, really healthy and all that type of thing. But I reckon that would be a really good investment in my personal life and then also pay off in the business too. Okay, the final thing I want to say, because I totally forgot to say earlier when I was talking about the money, is around profit and growth. And for me, so going in, I really want to crack about 400,000 or more before the end of this financial year, and then double that again the next financial year. So I'm sharing it here and you can uh, check in with me. But to do that, that means growing the business. And really, like for me, having that money that I'm that's coming out of my business, like the revenue of it, using some of that money to then put back into the business. So I guess using uh, money that I'm generating from the business to reinvest back in it. And that means that my profit won't be as big. Well, actually, it, it could be <laughs> because the business grows. For instance, like my profit more than, uh, I think it like more than tripled in the last year, my profit from the business, but as a percentage of the revenue. So for instance, you're making 75% profit margin, like that would be amazing. And it can like, I'm not saying that's not possible when you're also like growing your business or doubling your business, but also just recognizing like which stage of business are you at and what do you want to do and are you kind of at a maintenance mode where maybe you're not really needing to spend that much more money in the business because you're not really growing it because I know I could slash that money that I'm putting into my business in advertising and like redoing like getting a whole new website and all this type of thing if I wanted to maintain 
but right now I want to grow my business. And so it's actually taking money that could be some of my profit and putting that back into the business. And I just think that's an interesting thing to consider. And there's like, there's no right or wrong. You shouldn't be necessarily thinking like maintaining where you're at or growing the business. One is better than the other, but I think it's just an interesting thing to think about is the profit side of things. And I guess like if you're looking to grow, potentially thinking that profit that I'm getting there, is there some, some of that that I could put into the business if I believe that's going to help me grow? And whether that is in some of that professional development or whether that's in hiring other people or rebranding or advertising or that type of thing. So going ahead, 2021, I'm going to be sharing with you my plan for the year in the next episode that comes out. So thanks for sticking with me. I sat down and I thought, I think this is going to be a really quick episode. Like I just got a couple of dot points here, but uh, yeah, we are, I think we've been going for a while. I do this to try and be helpful and to share just pretty honestly about what it looks like, what, what my personal situation, my personal business looks like, because I know that I just get so much out of it when other people do the same and when they're pretty honest and just share. So I hope that this has been helpful to you. I'd love if you take a screenshot as we're wrapping up, go ahead and share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at Emily Osmond and let me know you listened to this episode. And also the other great thing that you could do is just tell a friend about this podcast. If anyone asks for recommendations and you would like to share, that would be awesome if you could just spread the word. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you in the next episode, which is my business plan for 2021.